This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. And to stand up for our GLBT and I community, to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking. And most importantly, facilitate change towards greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. I am Stephanie. Thank you to Chris and Cam for an extra special AbFab edition of the CNC Drive Factory tonight and to the Informer team and, of course, to Beck on the news desk. With only two days to go before the opening of the Rio 2016 Games and with 306 events, over 42 sport disciplines and 205 countries participating... What's not to be excited about? Tonight we are warming up to Rio on Stand Up Straight and joining me this evening is Clayton. Good evening. Lycra clad and stretching out his hammies for a big night in the studio. Yeah, they just snapped, actually. So. <laughs> that was that noise you heard. <laughs> and Beck looking radiant after her warm-up. Oh, I am ready to go, Steph. <laughs> Good evening, Team Joy. Um, We do actually have some real athletes joining us this evening. But before I introduce our first guest, I'd like to wish a very special long-time listener of the show and a true ally, Sylvia, also known as Michelle's mum, a very happy 80th birthday. Michelle will be with her mum and her family tonight celebrating this occasion and we wish them a very happy and festive night. Happy birthday, Michelle's mum. Happy birthday, Sylvia. Yeah, great. Major milestone, 80, I reckon. Um, But our first guest tonight is no stranger to international competition. Kobe Scott, who is a swimmer who competed in the 2004 Summer Paralympics in Athens in the 100-metre backstroke and 100-metre butterfly, and who is also a record holder in the 50-metre in both events, is joining us. Welcome, Kobe, and thank you for coming into the studio and warming up for Rio. 
No worries. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's lovely to see you. I should probably throw in a disclaimer. Uh, Kobe is actually one of my colleagues at work, so she is also a school teacher. So I may forget that other people don't know her as well as I do, so just remind me. (laughs) We'll jump in and ask questions. We will ask questions. So... Kobe, we're excited about Rio. Are you excited about Rio? Absolutely. What's not to be excited about the best athletes in the world coming together? You've got to love it. And what is your favourite event to watch on both Olympics and Paralympics? Well, definitely not swimming. As a swimmer, you don't <laughs> enjoy the swimming? No. no, no not Too anymore. much insider information? Absolutely. Is it like, like when you work at KFC and you just had too much KFC? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Or it's like how I don't like watching lawyer shows. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's too yeah. close to home. Fair enough. Yeah. I love watching uh, the athletics. I love watching the running. Right. And um, in the Paralympics, I love watching the wheelchair basketball. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic game to watch. Okay. Now... Cast your mind back, please, Forrest, to 2004. What sort of preparation goes into attending a, a Paralympics? Well, uh, definitely a lot. Uh, I was training up to about 13, 14 times a week. Gosh. So you train at 4 o'clock in the morning, you go to school, you go to the training afterwards and also gym sessions and your race on weekends so a lot of preparation goes into it not just the four years between your train beforehand obviously so Kobe when did you begin to swim as a serious swimmer so my first uh, interstate competition I was 11 and started racing then and that's when I really got a taste for racing knew that that's exactly what I wanted to do um, and then from there started, I raced in Canada and raced uh, in America and then Europe. And were they world um, titles that you were racing in? Yes. Yep. Okay. And were, was Backstroke and um, Butterfly, were they always your events? Yes. I uh, loved Backstroke to start with. Um, I have a paralysed right arm, so I can't use that. So I used to tuck that in and just swim with the one arm. Uh, and then... Probably a few years later after my love for backstroke, I decided that I really liked butterfly and was hopeless at the other two. <laughs> they were my two options. That must be some amazing strength to do it with just one arm. I can't do it with two arms, but the strength and also keeping yourself in a straight line, the balance and... Yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, when I was born, the doctors told my mum that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to crawl and he, they said if I was ever going to swim, I'd probably go across the pool. Yeah. Um, so a lot of core strength and a lot of strength in your shoulders to be able to do that. So can you describe your arm to us? Absolutely. So I have a paralysed right arm. It was a birth injury, so I wasn't meant to have this arm. It was an injury th- through birth. Um, so I have five nerves in my shoulder that have separated and I have full feeling in my right arm, but no movement through my wrist um, or elbow. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and we did talk to Kobe about is it okay to discuss that beforehand. So, and absolutely. You're absolutely comfortable with that. And Definitely. if, like, I've known you for quite a while and your arms are slightly, well, are different sizes. So, yeah, they are. Yeah. And it was very noticeable young. It was uh, very much that my right whole side, because my leg is partially paralysed and my eye is smaller side of my mouth was 
But none of that is noticeable. Sitting in the studio here with Kobe, you can tell that your arms are different. But those other things, and I haven't seen you obviously running around the studio, so I don't know about your leg. (laughs) But maybe later. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get our workout gear on. So come on. Um, What's great at work is that people kind of forget that Kobe's got a disability and they accidentally say something like, oh, why can't you just carry that yourself or things like that? Like, (laughs) oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's great fun. Can I ask, Kobe, the people that you were competing against, say, in the Paralympics, are they, is it a similar, um, I don't want to use the word disability or is that no, an okay fine. word yeah, to absolutely. use um is it a absolutely. similar disability or there's all different kinds yeah. of so obviously it wouldn't be fair for me to race against somebody that had no arms no mm. legs um so we get classified and you get put into a classification of people with what they deem to be a similar sort of impediment so if right. you've got i might race against somebody that was missing one leg or missing um, from their knees down. Right. So you get put into a classification and you race against people. So that sort of makes it as fair as it can be. Yeah. Coming up, we are going to talk more about Kobe's journey to uh, Athens and her time actually in Athens. You're on stand. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can message in on uh, 1-800. No, you can call in on 1-300-JOY-949 or you can message in on 0427-JOY-949 or on air at joy.org.au. In the studio tonight, we have myself, Clayton, Stephanie and Beck. Michelle is off celebrating her mother's birthday. And we are joined by the lovely... Former Olympian Kobe Scott, Thank which I call much. her all the time and just gets an awkward look on her face, which is great. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Kobe, when did you compete? What year did you compete? So, I went to the 2004 Athens Paralympics. And while you were there, you broke some records. Not while I was there. Oh, no. Okay. Other places. <laughs> yeah, beforehand. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, so, I held two world records in the 50-metre backstroke and the 50-metre butterfly, but they don't swim those events at the Paralympics or the Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, more 100 metres. So, I got a bit tired on the way back, a bit slower, mm-hmm. so I didn't hold those, <laughs> didn't hold those records, unfortunately. Um, so, how is the Paralympic experience different from the Olympic experience from your point of view? There's a, a vast difference, I think. Um, Paralympic athletes don't have uh, the profile that the Olympic athletes do. Uh, if, if you look at, at our trials, um, when we're competing to try to get into the Paralympics, um, we're not shown on television. Um, they will go to a commercial. And it wasn't until a few years ago that they used to hold um, our medal ceremonies out the back um, away from the crowd to see. So definitely not the same sort of treatment. And we used to have Paralympians breaking world records but still not not seen and we would have big companies handing out merchandise to the Olympians and we never got anything like that. You didn't get the free stuff? Nothing. Uh-huh. And not only did we not get the free stuff but you had to pay to go to compete if we wanted to represent our country, we paid. We weren't, we weren't paid to swim. So hard to balance, hard for anyone to balance sort of a job and that. So would you view that as discrimination? I think so. 
Um, I think that it's getting better, but it's definitely, I mean, if you could list the amount of Olympians on your hand to the Paralympians, mm. you wouldn't be able to do it. Um, we don't, they just don't have that profile. Mm. And it's interesting, you know, in researching for tonight's show, I was trying to get some information on you, Kobe, and the only thing that came up was a Wikipedia site with your name on it, but you were listed in the 2004 Games under the male swimmers. I was. And I was just thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, is it really, I mean, that bad? And 2004, we had social media. There was, mm. you know, I'm sure if I tried to... Uh, to Google a an Olympian from the 2004, I, there'd be a lot more information that, that would come up. So Absolutely. I got letters from um, politicians saying, um, you know, thank you, Mr. Kobe Scott. <laughs> they couldn't even get my name right. Um, and there, there is a lot of different treatment, um, not by the athletes themselves. Um, there's quite a sense of unity, which was really lovely, um, between the Olympians and the Paralympians, but definitely uh, from officials, coach, that sort of thing. So, Kobe... With the Paralympics, and this is something that I learnt this evening, the Paralympics are, are known as the Paralympics because they are they run in parallel to the Olympics. So you go into the Olympic Village, generally it's what, two weeks later? Yeah, it runs two weeks after the Olympics. Too. Okay. And do you um, enjoy the same facilities that the, Olymp- the Olympians enjoyed? Is it, is it a similar experience? Exactly the same. Okay. Um, which was really fantastic. Yeah, and what's that like? I mean, what's an Olympic Village like? It, it is, it's an unbelievable feeling. You go into what, it's like going into an estate, really. It's so big. There are yeah. so many, like, apartment blocks. You have great big um, food tents. You've got gyms. You've got swimming pools. Um, streets that are formed. It's like being in a great big estate full of the top athletes in the world. And do they sort people out in um, sport categories? Like do all the swimmers stay in one area and all the track and field athletes in another area? Or, or is it male and female? Or so you how stay, does it... Yeah, you stay in your country. Right. Um, countries, then sport, then gender. Right. Yeah. And there's no mixing them up? So if there's male... No. So you, you have to be... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> no. which... Kobe. We weren't allowed in each other's rooms. Wow. You weren't allowed to go. I asked some pretty hard-hitting questions on this show, and I've got two notes here. One says sex and one says McDonald's. Oh. So these are my two big Great questions. Topics. Yeah. <laughs> um, I read today that at the Rio Olympics says 450,000 condoms. I think it's 47 per athlete. Tell me, is, is the Olympic Village just a big bonk fest? When they finish their uh, sports, Definitely. Amazing. Definitely. I'm proud to say that uh, what I told you earlier, that the uh, Athens Paralympians used more condoms than the Olympians did. See, so. that didn't come up on the Wikipedia well, page either. No. And was so, that solely your presence? Sorry. <laughs> oh, of course. No. <laughs> no. So, Kobe, how old were you in, in Athens? I, mean, I you're was very only young. 16. Okay. So. Wow. Well, you were behaving okay. yourself. I was, I was behaving myself, definitely. And did you have a parent with you or were you just travelling... As part of the team? You just travel as part of the team. Right. So our parents actually weren't allowed in the village at all. Okay. Um, So we were allowed out one day to see our parents. Um, So that was pretty tough. And we had been on training camps beforehand. So you go away for about three weeks before you go to the Olympics as well. Now, if you were 16, maybe not my sex, but my second point, the McDonald's, is there really a McDonald's in the Athletes' Village and can you have whatever you want for free? Absolutely. 24 hours free McDonald's. <sighs> wow. Just as a great big tease while you're 
competing. I guess you have to wait till you finished Absolutely. and then and eat you can make all the use. cheeseburgers. Absolutely. You can make good use once you're done. And is it only Macca's or are the other fast food um, companies represented there as well? Only McDonald's. Um, they have like a, they had at the time, I'm not sure now, but they had a Magnum um, section that you could go and get whatever you wanted. But it's like a huge big tent just full of fantastic food. So they'll have Asian food and Italian food. And oh. You just walk around getting whatever you want. I'm going to go and get good at a sport. <laughs> that was a pretty fantastic yeah. perk. And what about um, friendships? You know, wh- when you're sitting in these sort of areas where you're eating and drinking, are uh, athletes friendly towards each other? Do you sit and have a chat or do you tend to s- stay as a group of, of, let's say, Australians or Americans or whatever mm. it is? We had an a extremely strict coach that was very much you sit in your country, you only sit with the swimmers. We weren't allowed to sit with... Um, even the other Australian athletes, oh. we got told we had to sit with our swim- swimmers. We were a family. We was that the bonding kind of thing, or sounds pretty extreme. It was extreme. <laughs> it was extreme. Um, so pretty tight knit, a really tight knit group. We would order, like we needed to sit next to each other, so we didn't go away from that. <laughs> and is there any? Um, sort of pecking order with countries in in sort of that village is that you know because there are obviously teams that are bigger than other teams mm-hmm. is is that felt as a presence or is everyone sort of treated equally and the great thing about the Paralympics is that everybody has something everybody has something that's different about them right. so there is a huge sense of um community and people feeling equal because it's the one place that you can go when everybody's got something yeah no one looks at each other's disability because you've all got one you get to really see per- people's personality and people feel more confident in that setting yeah. so it is really a, it is one of the few places in the world where you don't feel that something's wrong with you. It's it's a, that was wonderful about it. That must have been a really um, yeah powerful experience for you. So tell me, opening ceremony or closing ceremony, which is better in, in as a Paralympian, as as someone who is actually marching in the ceremony? Well, Al, uh, unfortunately, at the time um, there had been uh, an accident in Greece and they weren't celebrating, so the closing ceremony was really cancelled. So we only got our um, opening ceremony and the opening ceremony was just unbelievable. They had you just walk out behind your flag knowing that the last four years of training was for something that you got there, that that was really your moment. And we had the choice because the swimmers swim in the first week. Right. I was swimming the next day and people were saying, don't go to it. Uh, you need the rest, you, but I knew that. How could you miss it? Exactly, though? yeah. It was too good opportunity, and I really thought I'd be a one-time Olympian, so I wasn't going to miss it. Yeah. No. So you were a one-time Olympian. Did you compete after the Olympics, or was that your moment? Um, I competed for another two years and went to America swimming, um, but in hindsight, um, I should have let it go then I was done I had reached my goals and I think that I'd gotten the best out of myself I I, don't, I wasn't one of those naturally good swimmers I trained hard to be good um, and I was done by then yeah okay so tell me if you were meeting um, a Paralympian um, same sort of age swimmer mm-hmm. who was getting on the plane to head off to Rio what what sort of advice would you be giving them I would tell them to enjoy it. It goes so fast. 
Um, and you can get caught up in team politics and where you are on the pecking order, if you're medal contention or not. Um, you can get caught up with the other athletes around you. But enjoy the moment and relish in your achievement because you got there and that's the main thing. That- well, that's right. I mean, even if you don't win a medal or, you know, you're a hun- you're somewhere else most of the population's never going to get to. Exactly. And it's it's a wonderful feeling being there and knowing that, you know, the other athletes are there, that you're competing against them, but you're all there for the same reason. You've all worked so hard to get there. It's really lovely. Oh, Kobe, it's been just such a joy having you on air with us tonight. Thank you for joining us. I know that you have to race off and... Uh, and meet your mum, who is hopefully safe and sound. <laughs> um, uh, I'd just like to add that Kobe is one of my allies, so it's Aww. it's lovely to have her in the studio, and she can know a little more what I'm talking about when I constantly go on about joy at work. Or she so, can come back again. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to come back again, and it's been a great privilege knowing Clayton and knowing everything that he does here and the work that he does around the community, so it's a real honour to be his friend. Well, we I weren't get- that scary, were we? <laughs> no, you were wonderful. I had a wonderful time. Thank oh, you. Good, but you were so nervous to begin with. I was look so at you nervous. Now. Yes, so, now I'm yes. loving it. Well, Kobe Scott, thank you for joining us tonight, thank our you. Paralympian, and uh, for being on Warm Up to Rio on Stand Up Straight. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Hi, this is Adelaide, and you're listening to my mum, Stephanie, and Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Say you Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm in the studio with Clayton and Beck, and we are warming up for Rio. So quick question, Team Joy. If you were to compete, if you could just, you know, imagine you could be any sports person, any event in the uh, the current 2016 Olympics, what, 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 would be, what would be your event, Clayton? Oh, look, I would probably have to go the diving just because you're around enough semi-naked people the whole time oh that's a good one i yeah. should have thought of that mm-hmm. yeah so diving is good for me i i do enjoy watching the diving but being you know this a meter away from them would be even better yeah and you wouldn't get a restraining order because you'd be a fellow competitor that's right and then you get to jump in that lovely little spa at the end i think that yeah. always looks nice you know you do your diving out you come and then you pop in that warm water i'd be yeah. happy to go just straight to the spa and not do the <laughs> diving in the middle okay that, can that be a sport Sparring. <laughs> Just spa- sparring. sparring. Oh, oh, that's like I think it's taken, though. but yeah. Yeah. Um... Aqua sparring. Aqua sparring. Oh, that's actually... We could just create sports now. Yeah. Beck. I think I would like to play basketball in the Olympics. Ooh. Well, because basketballers are super cool. Like, super cool. Yeah. When it, You know, like NBA players. I want to be like that. I want to have a bit of swag. I want to come in and, you know, like dripping with jewels and then just be really hot stuff on the court. And get paid, you know, what do they get paid, like $40 a year? I mean, And what's added to this is that I heard that the American basketball team, they're not staying in the village. They've got luxury yachts at this. uh, Yachts, I guess that's the word. Yeah, luxury yacht, that's good. Yeah, that they've pulled up to just to stay on. It might even be a cruise ship. Yeah. It's It's pretty incredible, and it's just because the Olympic Village is a bit rubbish this year. Yeah. Well, we've all seen those uh, Hmm. Andrew Bogut's comments about his shower curtain. (laughs) Well, is that, no, I won't go into that. <laughs> uh, uh, Stephanie, what would you like to be? 
I think I would like to be one of those rhythmical gymnasts. You know, the ones that have the ribbons, you know, the pretty ribbons or the balls and they roll the balls along their shoulders and then fling them out and then around it. But, you know, I I love those little... What Stephanie and I are doing is very good for radio (laughs) with these hand gestures. Uh, I like those little leotards that they wear and, I, you know, I kind of like, you know, I I fancy myself as one of those, uh, yeah... Nadia Comaneci sort of bouncing around on the mats, yes. Well, our next guest has just walked in the studio, so what we might do is we might go to a little bit of a song so we can get him settled and all ready to go. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. For dancing or romancing But I give it to the rhythm And my feet follow the beating of my heart Oh, oh, and my baby, baby When my baby smiles at me I go to Rio, Rio. De Janeiro I'm a saucer fellow Rio. When my baby smiles at me The sun
over 20 years, Channel 31 has been Melbourne and Geelong's destination for local homegrown community television. And now, we're proud to announce the release of our new app, which gives you free and unlimited access to all of your favourite Channel 31 shows. Binge watch entire seasons of the best community TV programs in Australia, anytime, anywhere, with new content uploaded daily. Head over to c31.org.au and follow the links, or go directly to your favourite app store and download the C31 app today. Joy 94.9 is proud to support this community message. Geelong is hosting its first Pride Games over the Melbourne Cup long weekend in October. It's going to be a fun five-day festival with 10-pin bowling, golf, table tennis, pool and plenty of social time in between. The games are open to everyone who wants to join in, so apply now. Download the entry form from the Geelong Pride Games website, geelongpridegames.wix.com slash 2016 or search for us on Facebook and bring your colour, flair and sporty pizzazz to this special event. Get down to G-Town for a weekend away and your chance to win prizes. Joy 94.9, proud to support this community message. Have you ever seen rowers on the water and wanted to give it a go? The Argonauts is Melbourne's inclusive community rowing club. Beginners and experienced rowers for our men's and women's crews are all welcome. So if you want to have fun on and off the water, visit the Melbourne Argonauts website for more information today. Joy 94.9 is proud to support this community message. For over 25 years, the Australian Lesbian and Gay Archives have been collecting and preserving Australia's queer history. A not-for-profit organisation, the archives rely on your support through membership, financial and queer memorabilia donations. To find out more, email algarchives at hotmail.com or web search the Australian Lesbian and Gay Archives. My name is Bella and you're listening to Stand Up Straight with Michelle on Joy 94.9. You are with Stephanie, Clayton and Beck this evening and we are warming up for Rio and during the second part of this evening's show we're joined by Dean Murphy, Joy's resident elite athlete, a medalist in... I love that. No, no, no laughing. Um, this is serious. A medalist in state, mm. national and world masters competitions mm. and who is sadly not in his speedo tonight. <laughs> not yes. tonight. But nonetheless will be enlightening us on all things aquatic. Good evening. Mm. Thank you, guys. Dean. Thanks for having me in. Sorry I was late, no, by the way. No, no. Oh, it's fine. Thank you for coming in. I mean, Terrible. we know that. That, you know, jams. in less than 12 hours, you're going to be back here yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. But thank you for coming That's in right, tonight. That's all right. My pleasure. And do you do breakfast in Speedos? Uh, <laughs> not with my sister sitting across the <laughs> yeah, other side of the panel. That would be a bit weird. And with the temperature tomorrow morning say, going to be three no, degrees, I think, not, I think definitely not. not. We're rugged up. Um, now, Dean, I noticed on your Facebook page that you are feeling slightly underwhelmed about Rio. Oh, my God. You saw that. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Steph's not a creep I was, at said, all. I was dead from the javelin down. I know, because. I know. Say is I'm actually happy that you've got a javelin yeah, yeah, and not a discus yeah. or a shot put down there. But, but anyway. Look, it, I don't know. It hasn't kicked in yet. Usually by this stage, because obviously I've been diving for years. Yes. And, and by the way, Anna Murphy's sitting at home counting the amount of times I say I'm a springboard diver tonight, okay? Okay, so, right. Okay. Uh, anyway, One. I've been diving d- diving for years. and um, so what type always, of diver? Uh, springboard diver. Okay, cool. And uh, always got excited about, about a couple of weeks out, I could feel that energy and whatever. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's because Rio has been 
bombarded with problems yeah. already is kind of taking the edge off a little bit. Maybe it gets back on track, but uh, you know, just the, the the sheer the problems it had with like all the um, uh, obviously the uh, uh, athletes. Yeah, you know, where village. they start, village, yep, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's just been terrible. Well, you know, you know, there's a problem when the ABC news feed is giving you ten reasons to be excited about yeah. Rio. <laughs> yes. Shoving that, them down that, your that's throat. What that was their most recent article. Ten look, reasons look, to be excited. I'm sure about. by the time the look, if anyone's going to do an opening ceremony, I think Rio's going to pull it off. Yeah. Well, like, that, that was that, one that of their reasons. Hmm. If anyone can throw a good party, absolutely. Rio can throw a good carnival and absolutely. you know the whole thing. So. Yeah. Um, so, with the Olympics in the past, Dean, what is the event that you watch most closely? Uh, two, actually. Diving is one of them. I always watch the gymnastics as well. I find um, both male and female gymnastics to be, like, they're so strong. They're just so, they're just machines. So, Diving's a bit like water gymnastics. Though. Yeah, it is water gymnastics. Well, although, or we always get the gymnasts who have hurt themselves that don't want to hurt themselves anymore after <laughs> the diving. Because it's soft. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, they're the two sports. Look, diving's probably and has for years been, it's almost like the most watched sport in the Olympics. There's something really fascinating about diving. I don't, I don't know what it is. And I think there's that thing about diving that everyone sits at home and goes, mm, seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, they're they're great, judges. Yes. great judges. Great mm, judges. Oh, you yeah. was a bit over on that one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know why we all think we're experts, yeah. but I do. <laughs> I judge diving. But I do know why I watch it, just, but that's a different issue. Yeah. <laughs> Probably and one. I think that, yeah. That's the thing, too. It's actually progressively picked up audiences because of the Tom Dalys and the mm-hmm. Matthew Mitchum. And Mitchums the Matthew Mitchum, of course. Yeah. Yes. And these kids, like Matthew was a kid when, when I first met Matthew, he was a little tiny tucker. So, and he was always good. He was always naturally, his aerial skills and where he knew he was in the air was always there. So he was always going to do well. Like it, it, was, it was just kind of his destiny. So, How did you meet him, Dean? Was that through training? Yeah, so I was, I've been a coach for the last yes. uh, 12 years. Yes, uh, I've read that on your... years or whatever it oh, was. Okay. And so these kids were all the kids that we used to, you know, you know they'd be at all the national titles yes. and, and whatever. It's just babies and juniors, you know. I mean, there's, there's five in the team this year, Grant Nell and James O'Connor and um, Annabelle Smith and a few others who were just tiny little little toddlers when when we were coaching and you know you sort of see it in the kids and you go that one's got potential that one's got potential but usually the ones who have the most amount of potential don't even last yeah. it's the ones who are the workhorses and mm. just follow it and just and just really believe that one one you know they're, they're going to win a state titles or they're going to win a national titles or whatever and they're little workhorses they're the ones that make it so kids start diving when they're quite little then yeah, what Tony, do do? I think look, we've got board? kids which, yeah, yeah it's absolutely pushed. There you go. Yeah. Um, we've got kids which, uh, you know, they're, they're five and they'll start, oh, wow. they'll start training. So, yeah, it is, it's one of those sports that there's a lot of, you know, you see them when they, in the Olympic Games and you go, oh, that was a good dive. That dive took, you know, 15 years mm. to master. So you could take off that tower, do multiple spins, multiple twists, multiple somersaults, and land perfectly in the water with no splash and get a 10. Took. Years and years and so many, like thousands and thousands of times to, to do that dive, to be able to get it to that point. So there's a huge amount of training. Well, there was a lot of conjecture after the last Olympics in London about disappointment in the pool. Mm. What do you think is going to happen this, this um, Olympics? We, uh, disappointment with the swimming? Well, there was swimming. There was all sorts of conjecture around. Yeah. yeah it was mostly swimming, wasn't mostly it? Mostly swimming. Yeah. I think they're going to get their, their – they have to get their act together. Right. Swimming Australia took so much – copped so much flack – uh, over the disaster with the you know the Stillnox tablets yes, and the, yes. all that kind of stuff, it was it was so devastating to the sport because um, when parents look at putting their kids into a sport, 
it usually comes out of the, the tail end of an Olympic Games. All right, so oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so if a, a controversy happens or something which is negative, parents will go, oh, I don't know about swimming. Mm. You know, it's like this whole Essendon saga with the um, peptides. The influx of um, um, boys into that sport in that particular time would have would have halved because parents go, I don't want my kids in that sport. Yeah, yeah I'll put them into soccer or put them into tennis or put them into whatever. Although probably interestingly at the same time there's been in- big influx of girls playing AFL. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We've had a message in. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah. This will be from Anna Murphy. <laughs> I, I am bet li- you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am listening and counting. Ha ha. <laughs> Sounding great, everyone. Anna Murphy. Kiss, kiss, oh, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Right back at you, dollface. Oh. Um, Thanks, Anna. Yeah. No, good to hear from you, Anna. Thank you for uh, for joining the conversation. Anna, big question for you if you are still listening, and I'm sure you are. We, we were talking before you arrived, Dan. If we were Olympians, what, what would our sport be? Anna? What would your sport be? Let us know. And would yours be diving? <laughs> I think that's hilarious because she's never done sport in her life. I know. What? I mean, look at us. What would yeah. her sport be? Spectator sport. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I'm good at that. I wonder if spectators can go to the Olympic Village. Well, we were, I mean, we were talking during the break about the uh, new sports for 2020. Yes, Beck. and I'm going to look into a few of these because I think at You've thir- got four years. I reckon I'll be 39 then. I could definitely take up skateboarding or possibly surfing or karate, or sports climbing. What is sports climbing? I have no idea. I suspect it's like indoor rock climbing. Oh, cool. Uh, Anna has actually sent through her suggestion, and this could be added for um, next year, or no, 2020, talking. Yeah, she's good at that. Gold medalist. Yeah. Mm, Three years in a row. (laughs) Would yours be diving? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, look... I, I always wanted, as a kid, I always wanted to go to the Olympics. Uh, it's one of those things that you dream about and you train, you know, but by the time you hit 18, there's, you kind of know where you sit, like in the scale of who's going to go and who's not. Mm-hmm. So I pulled out, but I had friends that went and had amazing experiences. And it's one of those things I think, you know, if you, if you get the opportunity, I was listening to your para, Paralympian mm. before, if you get the opportunity to go, it's such a, it must be such a wonderful experience. However, in saying that, I got to announce the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne uh, a few years back, and it was such a buzz because I felt like that was a part of that whole, yeah, I really want to be a part of that whole thing, but I did it in a different way. So it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, interesting. And you were commentating on the, the diving? Did all the diving. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really good. I was, I had kids doing swimming lessons at MSAC around that time, and I, I was watching them training, and it was just a beautiful thing to, yeah. to watch them training in that yeah. pool there yeah. um, just before the Commonwealth Games. So, Dean, tell me, where did you compete? You competed to a national level. So as a junior, I did nationals. Yes. Um, so I did like, uh, I think I did six nationals in a row. And, right. um, and then I had 10 years out of the sport. Right. But I always felt like there was, you know, I'd be down swimming at the pool and I'd see the divers and I'd be like, God, I miss that. You know, I yeah. miss getting that, just that adrenaline rush of being, you know, in the air. Yeah. And so um, I actually came, when, when I, I was with a girlfriend for eight years and when I broke up with her and came out, um, I almost felt like I actually needed to do that. I needed to take the plunge and get, get back in the pool. Yeah. Excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was one of those, yeah, I took it up again and just for a little bit of a play around and a little bit of fun. And then I realized I had the skills and whatever. So I then started competing at a national level again. Um, and then I went on to, uh, you know, obviously the biggest one I did was a FINA World Masters competition, and um, and which I ended, up, I, I won a gold medal in that, which was a, you know, it was a thrill because they're the national um, champions from around the world who are still competing, 
So we, we all got together and, and that, was a, that was a massive thrill. Yeah. And you won a gold medal in yeah, that. Yeah, that was good. Okay, so as a diver, what is your event? Uh, for me, it's three-metre springboard. Three-metre springboard. Yeah, I'm good That's on... That's another one, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> yes, adding them up. Uh, yeah, three-metre springboard is... And it's still scary. Like, you know, there's things I do on there that now in my older older years, um, scares the hell out of me. But it's it's just the thrill of being up and, and flying through the sky, doing all your tricks, landing. It's just, it's just yeah, it's great. What's your, what's your greatest trick? Uh, well, my best ones years on ago the, were on like... On the springboard. Yeah, best ones years ago when I could do it were like reverse triple twisters and all that kind of stuff. But as a, as, as a senior member of the community, I'm just happy to do a lovely forward dive these days. <laughs> a duck dive or something. <laughs> and what has been your... Biggest accident? Have you biggest ever, accident? Have you yes, ever had a doozy? I, I, I uh, a few years back was doing what was called an inward two and a half somersault. So right. you stand on the end of the board, facing the board, and the water's behind you. Ooh. You jump up in the air and you come in towards the board two I and think a half I times. Like this already. And as I jumped up, I came just that little bit too close, and my feet hit the board, and my knees knocked me out, <gasps> and I oh. fell into the water and just got dragged out. And I've had another one where I did what was called a back. Uh, one and a half somersault, one and a half twist, and I landed on the side of my ear from the. Th- oh, when you go up in the air, you hit about four and a half meters yeah. in the air, and then you come down. I landed on the side of my ear and exploded my eardrum. <gasps> so yeah, a few little in- incidents along the way, but I still get into it. Wow. <laughs> so are you still competing? Still competing. Yeah. And what's your next event? Uh, where, I where, just had national the... titles right. uh, in uh, Sydney uh, in March, and um, I only had six training sessions, so. I literally just got back in the pool, had six training sessions, went in it, and um, scored a little bronze medal out of that one, which was good. Well done. So is it like the you know the ten thousand hours that they you know say with sports people? If yeah. you've got that in your background, you can come back to it. I mean, it it's sounds mu- like you've muscle, been very it's su- muscle memory, right? You know? it is. So, so you, you can do it. You can't like you. You got to be realist too. If you think that you're going to be able to do the stuff that you could do when you're eighteen. Um, when you're physically physically at your peak in your 30s and 40s, you're kidding yourself. You can't. Your body just won't actually. It just can't do that kind of stuff anymore. So, but if you if you set some realistic goals, your muscle memory will kick in, and you can still do the stuff that you you know you were taught to do. It so sounds like after I have a couple of champagnes, and Absolutely. I think I can do muscle a cartwheel. Memory. Yes. Yeah. It's I much think I've like got that. that muscle memory. Yes. Yeah. And. Um, so you, you how do you maintain your level of fitness? So you've obviously always been. Fairly it's a fit. really yeah, it's a really good sport for cardio as well. Right. So it's um, literally if you spend an hour and a half in the pool and you dive, mm. you know, in the air through the water, back on the board, in the air through the water, back on the board, and you do that for an hour and a half, it's it's great cardio. So it keeps me fit, and that's pretty much why I do it now anyway. It's, I, and I've always said to people later on in life, if you if you were good at a sport as a kid, and you're looking for something to break up the mundane of nine to five work. Get, in, get back involved with your sport that you did as a kid, if you can, and um, just do it a couple of times a week. It's that, amazing. Yeah, no, that, that, is, that is really great advice. You're on Stand Up Straight. We are actually almost coming to the top of the hour. We've had a really great hour here. We have had a Paralympian in, and we've now got our resident elite athlete, oh Dean Springboard Murphy. diver right here. <laughs> springboard. Springboard. Springboard diver. <laughs> so, Dean, how are you going to warm up for Rio? I know that you're not excited, or you haven't been. We've got no, two days to go. No. What are you going to do? Well, I had a friend of mine that saw my Facebook post yep. who said, what the hell is going on? He said, you get to my house on Saturday on Saturday morning at 7am. We're watching the opening ceremony. Right. That's when um, it starts? Yes. So I'm taking booze over. That's Fun. good training. 
I'm taking Mimosas. booze over and, and and breakfast stuff and whatever, and we're gonna we're gonna live it up with Rio. Are you gonna dress up as Carmen Miranda and put a you know? I fruit think on that's your beautiful. I wasn't yeah. going to, but I'm going yeah. to now. That that's great. I think Carmen Miranda speedos. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'll turn up With, in the speedos. I was going to say bits of fruit, but anyway, that's a whole. And I wonder what the um, what are, what are the mojitos they probably drink in? Um, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, in yeah, let's do that in Rio. Well. And you get that yeah. little the girl from Impanema playing in the background. Oh, you've got a, do you want to come? I was going to yeah. say oh, Stephanie wants to come. Event coordinator yes. oh. for the for Saturday morning. That's great. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, you are on Stand Up Straight. We have had a lot of fun this evening. You've been with Clayton and Beck and our special guest, Dean Murphy. Thanks also to Kobe Scott if she's listening on her way home for being so generous and coming in and talking about her experiences um, in the Paralympics. You can find more Joycast and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.